0: Where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast. I'm very excited today for this episode. I'm Alec, this is my brother Lucas, and I'm shot out of a cannon here, bro. Because last episode 18, I said, probably my favorite so far. But episode 19 came in and said, hold my beer." Bill Cipher is here. Headlining story. Yeah, second headlining story. This is so far easily my favorite episode of season one like no remote contest for me i'm unbelievably excited to talk about this if you don't know who bill cypher is you're gonna today and if you didn't i would have recommended watching this episode first before we talked about this but you know everyone does their own thing (laughs) That's right. Lucas, there is so much to talk about in this episode that I'm not going to waste any time. I say that we get right to the recap. We are not going to have any shortage of awesome fun to be had here today. Yeah. yeah, let's Let's get into it. All right. We start with an epic backdrop of a bridge with ominous lightning and music, and it's only there for a second, but it lets you know that something is going to happen. But back at the mystery shack where the fun is being had, Stan yells, for Dipper and Mabel to come downstairs to laugh at Lil Gideon on television. Wow, you're really you're really not skipping any detail. What about the battleship at the beginning of the game? That was hilarious. All right, well, listen, you said I'm not <laughs> skipping any details, and you bring up the battleship. Ha- talk about the battleship. I'm saying you shouldn't be skipping the details. The battleship was awesome. <laughs> All right, tell me, because I didn't write it down. Oh, Mabel wasn't playing it right. She was just drawing a cat face with her guesses. Let me ask, Lucas, uh... Did you like Battleship? Yeah, I love that game. I think it's a great game, too. Um, I think it's a really fun two-player game to just, like, spend an afternoon doing. And Oh, uh, oh are, are we going to stream Battleship, the most popular stop. game on the streaming sites? No, I'm just kidding. Nobody wants Lucas, in this. our off-channel discussions, is like, hey, Alec, let's totally stream this with all the time that we're going to have for the rest of our lives. I, say I have about 400 everything. different... I say I've got 400 different things on a list and we're going to do every single one of them most having absolutely nothing to do with cartoons whatsoever. And yeah. they're like, okay, let's make it about cartoons. And you're like, even better. Battleship though, cartoon battleship, I guess. All right, <laughs> <just kidding>. uh, <laughs> how do you make cartoon battleship happen? Could we perhaps do we a thing R- where- We us playing it. Uh, I think that you might be able to get creative with it. Like if you get hit, you have to name uh, you, you, like a you, trivia you, bag from Gravity Falls or something. You don't have to take it that seriously. I just want to play Battleship. Remember when we said, let's get right into this and start with the uh, recap? And then uh, we immediately got on a tangent about Battleship? I just wanted um, to say Battleship. <laughs> the Gideon commercial is also super funny. Um, it's obviously, we haven't seen Gideon in a while. So like they kind of do a reintroduction to him. Like, oh, Gideon, that's the guy who uh, tried to take the mystery shack yeah and he also tried to date me that one time little creep yeah and he stole my lotion thanks wendy for your line in the episode <laughs> yeah like the only one but you know seuss says you know but it is our mutual hatred for him that bonds us together which... Dude, Se- seuss had a lot of great lines in this episode i'm just foreshadowing that right now too <laughs> yeah well you're you're very right and he also states kind of a true fact that i'm not saying it's a good thing but uh people tend to bond over the people they don't like um it's true I- I think there's other ways that we can develop social connections i'd like to move away from that mantra but does it happen yes very much all the time and gideon sucks i personally was a little bit um how do i say this it was kind of nice to see gideon again yeah i kind of thought that too you know it's so funny for how much like we hate on gideon he's he's i saw somebody post this on a youtube poll recently like who is your most favorite villain to love to hate and I'm like, I think Gideon is actually maybe up there for me. You know what I mean? Because, obviously, I don't love to hate Bill Cipher. I just love him. But but when it comes to Gideon, like, he's kind of a terrible human being. But there's something weirdly enjoyable about the process of disliking him. you right. He's so beautifully you know? hateable. And yeah. they do it really well, the way that they write his character. As Felipe said, and I'm going to keep using it, he's so dropkickable. Yes, Uh, yes. (laughs) There's no better way to describe it. Uh, But, you know, in a weirdly endearing way. um, Don't get me wrong, he sucks. But it's fun to uh, enjoy how bad he sucks. Now, Gideon is going to be a big part of this episode. You know, it's been a while since he had a lot of plot going on. But as this commercial is kind of going on, he is literally breaking into the mystery shack and trying to steal the deed I like how also there's a, you forgot to mention, at the end of the commercial, they're saying, come to Gideon's new tent of telepathy, and it's literally where the mystery shack is. They even show it getting built over it. And Dipper's like, uh, should we worry about that? And they're like, nah, not unless he's literally going to try to steal the deed. And then you hear glass shatter. Oh, and then Wendy's other line. Like, right now, he's actually trying to steal the deed, and obviously good quick transition joke to him trying to steal the deed. The funny part about it, though, is that he made the commercial before he even had the deed. And the second funny part about it is he's literally just guessing numbers. Like, he just broke into the house and started guessing numbers. And that's so funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is very, like, comedy cartoonish villain, Dick Dastardly-esque for the classic cartoon fans in the audience. And, uh, it... I again that's another thing that is likable in how hateable he is is how cartoonish he goes about his schemes and yeah and, and even it, when grunkle goes to like kick him out he's like Seuss the broom <laughs> yeah well and that's also cartoonish right is the way that yeah. they dispose of him so quickly and he wants yeah. to be taken seriously so bad but uh Stan is like, yeah, shoo, shoo, get out. Time to go. they animate him like a cat. He hisses, or or a raccoon, like a rabid wild animal that got let, let inside. It was pretty funny. Right, but after he is outside, we see him peer through the window as Stan locks up the deed in a safe. He turns around. He opens journal two, says it's time to unlock the journal's biggest secret. And we see a picture of a pyramid with eyes, not just a pyramid. Yeah, I and, um, and a uh, hat. I wonder I who think, it could be. Is the hat on the picture? I, actually, I don't remember. Um, actually, that's a good question because I can't look at my journal three for reference because this is actually from journal two. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible not. Uh, I actually don't remember the hat off the top of my head. But listen, the Discord peeps have been coming in clutch lately. Super clutch. Was showing us pictures of things that we missed. We had the mystery solved from the pool cue, which I've not gotten a chance to talk about on the podcast yet. Wait, what? Yeah, Tess found the exact moment where Mabel was the one oh, who broke yeah. the pool cue trying to enter the gate. So we had this mystery. And it turned out, I feel like good on us. It was a legit mystery because this was such a tiny thing that you missed so fast. I'm pretty sure um, that was our theory, too, that that Mabel broke it when she was trying to get in. Didn't we say something about that? Well, I think that? we went back and forth. My original theory was Seuss. So you might have ended up saying Mabel, but oh, regardless nice. of what it was, no, I, I, I'm I, just happy that it wasn't something extremely obvious that we just weren't paying attention about. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, you know, last episode, something that I missed was a tattoo of Grunkle Stan. I, maybe it was a tattoo, and it had like a cipher oh, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I did see that, or I didn't. I I saw someone point that out in the Discord as well. Yeah, well, and I actually think that it was Tess again. Um, and I time. just, yeah, it, Tess is coming with the screenshots, and it, it looks like kind of a cipher that appears to be O L H V, and apparently that was a. Um, I should have said this during the cipher section last time if I had known it was there. Uh, but it just translates to lies which already see and last time i said there's some plot stuff in here turned out there was i I admit that was like a tricky one to find um but now somebody come through and let us know if the pyramid has a hat (laughs) probably (laughs) not as high stakes as the last one yeah but a good tangent to be able to plug those (laughs) uh two things that i'm thankful for you finding there you go hey there are and also I, it took me like an hour to watch this episode because I was pausing for a lot of frames and there are a lot of things again in this episode that because we're trying to keep it spoiler free, I will not be able to say we're in these episodes and we're very, very, very cool. I might tell Alec and then we'll have to delete it so that he knows. But otherwise, we shouldn't keep them in for spoilers. There were a lot in this. So if we missed some, that maybe we can't talk about it, but maybe we missed it just because there were so many and it's hard to catch them all yeah well and i'm excited to talk through a bunch of them because there is so much here um i did my best to find out i used the gravity falls wiki to cheat a little bit because it was hard for me to find it all myself but i'm curious wow. what you found on your own and i, I didn't about i that didn't stuff. cheat so i'm gonna i'll proudly say what i got right and didn't miss or didn't catch okay <laughs> okay okay um so cold open is over finally it was probably the longest cold open of the series yet I th- okay, that's right. There's a TV show. I think it's called Grandpa, the Kid, or something like that. And it, it's literally me TV. Like they're watching me TV, and it was hysterical. Which is great because our father just loves me TV. It's his favorite yeah. channel, and he refuses to move to streaming uh, services that offer tel- uh, the your general like TV channel packages because he well, needs to have me TV no matter what. I, I actually give it up for that because MeTV is a pretty awesome stream of like classic stuff. Like, I actually do enjoy watching it with him straight. Like, I like Mr. Ed. I like seeing Twilight Zone. I like Bonanza and some of those older, wet. Like, I, that joke really hit for me because I am all except for the fact where Dipper's asking them to change the channel. That's the only part that didn't hit because I'm like, nah, this is cool. You suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so another little, um, television show that exists within the universe that we are introduced to. I'd be curious to see a list of those because we do get them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, More importantly, Seuss bursts in to say that he got attacked by a bat. Um, Stan orders Dipper to take care of it, but Dipper decides that he's going to stand up to him. Kind of. No, he budges, and he ends up doing it. After he tries to stand up, he ends up faltering, after all. And, of course, gets badly attacked by a bat off screen. Oh, well uh, we, we, we can't forget the line. Why do I always have to go after and fight the stuff? Because life ain't fair, kid. Now go fight a bat so we can watch TV. <laughs> now, two truths about that. A, you need to fight off the bat so they can watch TV. And B, life is not fair. Grunkle has not said anything false. It's true. And uh, and everyone else he, refuses to do it. So Dipper fighting off the bat is, in fact, the one thing that needs to happen for them to watch TV. You can't say that Stan's methods are not effective. He's very good at getting done what needs to get done. Yeah. And then they also have a stare off where they just go, err, err, err. They just like growl at each other on like back to back close up face shots. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then Grunkle just growls louder and Dipper's like, dang it, I'll do it. That, which was also pretty funny. Just like the intimidation. Sure. And after the after the bat attack, he's kind of venting to Mabel and Seuss about how Stan's always picking on him. Sometimes he feels like Stan well, hates him. Dipper actually got hurt by the bat. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a very legitimate concern. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. Bats, however, a lot of people might think that's bad because bats are known for carrying diseases. Bats get a bad rep and they're very important for our environment. Okay. Love bats. Bats are awesome. Everybody should know that. Just saying. That's terrific. Do they actually, like, carry diseases into your house if they get there? No, it's, like, it's a very, it's a very misnomery kind of thing. Okay, you know, so, like, like, it could happen, but it's not likely. Yeah, it's extremely, extremely unlikely. It's less likely than, like, you getting it from your house pets, even. Isn't the vampire bat thing kind of also a misnomer? Like, they're not as dangerous as you would expect them to be? Well, they don't bite people. <laughs> <laughs> do we know that for sure? Yes, <laughs> we do. Then how do people turn into vampires? Vampires, Alec. Vampires turn people into vampires, not bats. Oh. What kind of lore have you ever read? Wait, but I thought the vampires generally turn from bats into... Is that not true? Vamp- bats that turn into vampires, like they, they, like, shapeshift? They're still vampires in bat form. I That's see. not the okay, same so... as a vampire bat. A vampire bat is a species that should not be discriminated against. And a vampire is technically also a species that shouldn't be discriminated against. (laughs) So if I get bit by Bella Lugosi, I turn into a vampire, but I'm also prone to turn into a bat. However, is that bat going to bite me, or does he have to be in vampire form to bite me? Oh, I actually don't know the answer to that one. That's really interesting. I've never thought, I've I've never seen, uh, in any fictional depiction I've ever seen, I don't think I've seen a vampire in bat form bite someone and turn them into a bat. But, I mean, I bet it, it would happen. I could see it happening like Buffy the Vampires. I could see it happening. I'll bet that's fair. That's fair game, right? I bet it's happened in fiction before. But yeah. whether it's happened in reality, we might have to wait to Journal 4 to find out. Honestly, if anything, that sounds like a smarter tactic. Like, what are all these vampires doing biting people in human form? Like, why don't you actually just go bat mode? Yeah, seems like a much easier plan. But then yeah. maybe it makes the story too easy. I don't know. You know, half uh. of being a vampire is just acting sexy. So maybe that's why. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> that was one of my favorite tangents. <laughs> that was a good one, Somet- yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sometimes uh, Dipper feels like Stan hates him, so he's feeling angsty, and he takes a dart gun and shoots a dart at a picture of Stan. That dart gun might be important later, but really cool cut here. We Not move- thematically or anything. Don't get too invested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> we-, we see a cool cut here with a picture of Stan that Dipper has shot at. Becomes a picture of Stan in, like, a summoning circle. That Oh, it was a really good transition cut, actually. I did write that down. There was, like, a fade to Stan's picture. And he says a summoning circle. It's like a cult sacrificing circle. There's candles and his face is crossed out and painted. It's really creepy. Don't underpull that. (laughs) Yes. It's creepy. I liked it. It, it. Very much so. And Gideon is out there and he is trying to summon something chanting um, in latin i think that sounded like or some weird backwards words yeah like that. no i i wrote oh okay i actually read on the wiki that the stuff that he's saying in backwards is him saying uh something along the lines of like backwards lines backwards lines backwards <laughs> lines uh, that, that's kind of like funny twisted yeah yeah I, really you know good. that was one that i heard and i knew that uh, i wasn't going to look it up but i i couldn't have caught that had i not thought in reverse or had the um fluidity of language flow to be able to think in reverse which i would be able to bet that you could train but it's, i'm not that great <laughs> you could okay it's actually backwards message backwards message backwards message just to make sure that i uh have it get it totally right yeah um now the spell that is used as you said is in latin and nice i and Good i best, guess Luke he is. says um triangulum entangulum Veniforis dominus ventium. Venophorus venetessarium. And I have the translation. Wait a what minute. It means... They also said Oh no, there's another one later where they make up nonsense words. The di- I wrote down a different one. I thought they were nonsense words too, and it turns out that those I mean, have a meaning as well. They have meaning, but they're it's like like one of them was magnesium, like ad hominin, which is magnesium is just a supplement and ad hominem is a a fallacy i mean it's like they have meaning but they're not like meaningful (laughs) yes yes okay i understand what you mean well uh this first one from gideon translates to triangle i invoke you i come to the defensive barrier of the mind oh my god we'll see the barrier destroyed that's awesome whoa it's really good Dude, okay, so I'm just gonna say right now, like, we're teasing this Bill Cipher character. We get the psychedelic devil of the, like, one of the crowning achievements of all villains in animation history, in my opinion. Bill Cipher is one of the best. You get your classic, nefarious trickster demon that you should not shake hands with. And literally, there is never a bad moment this character is on screen in the whole show. I'm just saying it right now. You, you're you right. And he does show up in just like before we even see his face we start hearing like maniacal laughter i wrote down details on this one because this scene of the summoning of bill cypher is epic as all hell time slows down the color fades to black and white we see a literal i don't remember if it was a squirrel or a bird but we see some small animal literally like slow to a stop so everything is literally stopped in time the color has gone The trees in the background all have eyes, and all of the clouds stop moving. It is such an incredible animation sequence. And it really just makes you feel a lot of things. And then we see this yellow, fiery triangle erupt, and we see space in it, and then a third eye comes out. And man, if I hadn't seen that a million times in my life, I wouldn't be so impressed. And complete with a bow tie and top hat, we see this character say, Gravity Falls, it's good to be back, and introduces himself as Bill Cipher. There are so many words. Okay, I'm just going to say right now, there are a bunch of lines that Bill said that I'm not going to be able to explain. I'm just going to say them and, and put emphasis behind them, and then we'll move on. The first of which being, it's good to be back. Onward we go. All right. Terrific. So, Bill knows Gideon already, as he says. And... Yeah. Gideon Gideon does not know Bill, though. Gideon does not know Bill. That's an important distinction. It is. Gideon is just a stupid kid who's trying to get what he wants, and he's taken Journal 2 and is being extremely reckless with it. And he has no idea the hell that he has unleashed on the world by doing what he has done. Yeah, um gideon's like how do you know my name he's like oh i know a lot of things lots of things and you see all of these like classic conspiracies flash over his face i saw jfk's face in one of them i saw the moon landing in one of them i'm sure there were some pretty good other ones too i have a game that i have brought for us to play together today oh okay i, I said am hesitantly I'm going to go ahead and list a conspiracy or a creature. And I want you to tell me, did this appear in the montage of all of the things that flashed through Bill Cipher's appearance? Well, yes I I, no? can, I, will, I'll, I will say yes to the three that I noticed and wrote down and note all the rest. Well, I didn't include all of them because there are like 15 or 20, at least in the game. I'll, I'll say them all eventually. But in okay. the game, I'm not going to do every single one. All right did bill cypher show a photo of three ufos flying i don't think so that is incorrect there was a photo of three ufos flying like like i I, i'm this isn't that interesting i just read you the three that i noticed it's gonna be no to the rest of them i'm just telling you right now (laughs) well no wait why don't you take it's not about whether you noticed it it's think to yourself logically and think like
1: oh i would have answered that differently
0: then (laughs) Well, I, of course there's something you missed. You've got to take, like, an educated guess. You asked if I saw them. <laughs> well, uh... That's, I Jeez. answered the question. What do you want from me? Oh, oh my goodness. You're so literal. Oh Dude, what is what the purpose of a game to you? This is why I haven't brought a game no, on the podcast yet. You know why? It's because if you don't write good rules, you can't play a good game. Good games have good You're... rules. That's called game theory. All right, sure. I'm sorry, that <laughs> I didn't spell it out enough. Do you think... Thank you. Do you think that what I'm about to read was in the Bill Cipher imagery or not? All right, I like this. This is easier. A zoomed-in image of the Mayan calendar. Oh, yeah, I believe that. It was absolutely there. Yes, we did get a picture of the Mayan calendar. Did we get a picture of the scene from Roswell, New Mexico? I think that's too nuanced. I'm going to say no. You are correct. I made that one up. I'm going to say two for two because you apparently misunderstood the instructions the first time. Uh, You misspoke the directions, actually. I'd like to clarify. (laughs) Great. Okay. Um, Did we get a NASA lunar lander on the moon next to the American flag? Yeah, we did get that one. I saw that one. You saw that one for sure. Okay, yes. Very good. That is correct. Did we get the broken arm of the Gideon bot from a future episode? Oh, from a future episode? I'm going to say yes, because that'd be sick. I hope that's true. We did, in fact, yes! get oh, that. Yes, thank God. Yes. That's awesome. That's such a good one. Oh, my God. I'm glad you said that one. Did we get a picture of the Bigfoot-like picture that reoccurs in the main title theme of the show? Oh, I think I actually did see that one. I'm going to say yes to that, too. Dang, dude, you're 100% so far. I'm pretty impressed. Okay. okay, cool. Okay. Nice. What about? I'll still give myself an an L on the first one because I still would have said no. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, fair enough. Um, An image of Journal Three. No, too easy. There actually was an image of Journal Three. It was that easy. Yes. Um, How about the Loch Ness Monster surgeon's photo? Which is what for people that don't know, like the famous photo of Nessie, like in black and white. Yeah, the one, the toy. Sorry, everyone. It was a toy. Um, yeah. Sure. That sounds realistic. That's a famous one. That's how I knew I would get you. I'm surprised that one was not there. However, it actually was not part of the image. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a good bait. I'm, I'm proud of you for throwing that in there. I had Let's to guess yes for that. I appreciate it. Um. How about a zoomed-in image of the Gravity Falls stamp from the main title? Sure. I don't... Sure. I'll say Yes. All right, you're correct. Actually, you're way higher on the percentage than I actually thought that you were going to be. Nice. I just feel like you wouldn't have made that one up. That's why I said it. Okay, no, you're using the right logic. What about a picture of a Flat Earth? No, that sounds silly. It is silly, and I definitely made that one up. I'm glad you did. That's a good one. <laughs> I almost <laughs> said yes, I really did. I thought about um. it. <laughs> Okay, how about a meteor destroying the dinosaurs, specifically the Gravity Falls dinosaurs? Yeah, I believe that one. I actually made that one up. Oh, that's a good one. I would have believed yep. that because if it if it had not been there, I thought the artistic intent would have been to encapsulate the range of his time that he's experienced. Um, so that was a very good bait. I'm impressed. Good stuff. Did a picture of stan entering the secret code in the vending machine pop up on bill cypher yeah that sounds accurate it sure did yes yeah. and uh if that I was a bait i would have been really impressed <laughs> i was <laughs> worried yeah, i should have come up with something like that um did we get a picture of a major character from season two that we have not met yet sure i'd stand that sounds a reason oh yeah yeah we did i know which one you mean we did We did not. Oh, maybe we did and you didn't notice, actually. Well, I will say, I'm going off the list from the Gravity Falls wiki, and that was the end of the game. That was the last question. So I'll go ahead and list off the rest of the ones that they say were there. Um, And that is a cartoon of John F. Kennedy. I did see that one. A zoomed-in image of one of the universal portal pages of the journals. Oh, that's cool. uh, A close-up of a skull next to a lit candle. That reminds me of college. <laughs> Stonehenge. Honestly, this whole scene reminds me of college, yes. The Pyramids of Giza. Oh, good one. Uh, part like of the that. Zodiac. Oh, that's cool. No signs on the Zodiac Killer, unfortunately. Tuh. Fun fact, our uh, parents lived in the area when that was going on. Oh, wow, that is a fun fact. Mm. Uh, I, uh, You know, the Zodiac Killer has since been... Uh, caught and found and uh, Dude, apparently... I, I don't i don't follow murder stuff i think that culture is garbage i'm not gonna lie no listen i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you but like <laughs> this was pretty big news when it was happening the reason that i'm saying this is
1: no offense that...
0: really quick no offense to people who like stuff like that because i know there are a lot of you for some reason but i don't <laughs> want that in my life i think it makes a lot of people i know a lot of people who watch a lot of that stuff and y'all are very paranoid to go outside at night <laughs> Yeah, well, for what it's worth, I also hate that genre myself. Uh, no yeah. shade to anybody who likes it. Um, but yeah. The reason I'm bringing it up is that um, my fiance apparently has, like, a relative or a family friend or something that accidentally, like, owned a house that the Zodiac Killer owned as well. So, Oh, that's just cool. A weird little tangential sh- uh, tangential thought that I thought was worth sharing. Wow. Um, there I was in a haunted hotel. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's keep going. That's right. Well, I think people know that. Um, yeah, that's and... true. Oh, yeah, I told my ghost stories on the show already. Yeah, oh, so good. Um, we have an enlarged image of a crop circle, Trembley's Cove from Irrational Treasure, which is one of the episodes. I actually don't remember what Trembley's Cove is off the top of my head. Sorry, like Quentin Trembley. Well, I know Trumbly, Quentin like Trembly. I know or him, him but I I don't remember Trembly's Cove. What that was? Yeah, I don't know what that is either. I don't think. Oh, oh, it's probably just like the little cove that they found his uh, like solidified body in. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That, that would be my first guess. Um then nathaniel northwest's statue which we know of course is a conspiracy within the show oh that's a cool one i that's cool because yeah that's an in in in-world conspiracy that they put in that's cute yeah 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 uh three gauges from the underground laboratory what could that be wow maybe what you were thinking when you thought that you saw a future character i was just gonna make a stupid joke i was gonna be like wow i didn't think a laboratory could have that many ears Wait. Let, let me let me resonate on it. Let me.
1: Gages, Alec,
0: gages. Oh Years. my God! Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. I'm not somebody who knows. <laughs> that was about... funny too. That was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that was intentional. Um, <laughs> that was so funny. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we've got the Gravity Falls Maximum Security Prison, which I don't remember having seen in the show yet, if at all. No, I don't think we have seen that yet um and then we get a repeat of the ufos in the mind calendar again so that was pretty fun that was good thank you for that i, I enjoyed that quite a bit what all was right. you yeah I, I think i had like a 75 percent success rate yeah i actually didn't keep tally but i feel like you might have even been better than that um, yeah yeah i wasn't wasn't as good as my gpa in school but that's okay <laughs> still still i'm very impressed all right so Bill Cipher, um, as he is saying like that he's seen lots of things, he pulls like some deer teeth out in a really weird dark scene and puts them back in. This, when I find, like sometimes I'll look up like like creepy scene con- con- compilations for uh, different shows when I'm like editing for art for the YouTube show. <laughs> and this is one that I always find because like Bill Cipher does some of the most horrific things that like any kid's show was allowing at the time. You know, I'm not going to compare it to shows from other times because, like, Ren and Stimpy could get away with more and less at the same time versus, like, this show can also get away with more and less, um, you know, just because, like, censors and social norms change. Mm-hmm. But this definitely offered some of the most horrific imagery that I think that kids' shows were seeing at the time for sure. So that reminds me of a weird little Easter egg. Um Apparently, there was a uh, a special that aired after Gravity Falls, the final. Um, what am I trying to say? After the Gravity Falls finale on Disney XD, where oh. the Time Baby was like doing an interview with Alex Hirsch, like it had him trapped and was asking for information about the series, which I would love to watch if we can get our hands on that. As like about yeah, that an sounds cool. One day, yeah, um, I'm here for that. And from what the wiki says, if it's to be believed, uh, Alex Hirsch gave some trivia in that episode that Mabel's sweater in this episode is a sunset. And it's meant to represent the series turning from a lighter series into a darker series, which I totally buy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is so cool. That is so, so cool! Oh my so god! So, audience, let the let the uh, message be out there now. The Gravity Bros podcast. We have covered eighteen lighter episodes. Things are about to take a little bit of a shift. Oh as my god, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for the cryptids that we're going to start talking about from this point on in the show. I'm so excited for the rest of the show. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to be like demon nightmares from hell every single time. Every single time, and I'm going to be like, 10 out of 10, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see one of those under my bed tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. They're cute sometimes. They talk to you. Great. Just <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Let's get back to Bill to Cipher. Me. Let's yeah. get to Bill Cipher's madness. Um, Gideon is an idiot and thinks that he can just order Bill Cipher to break into stand safe. He's um, very in character. Yeah, he doesn't lash out as much as you would expect, though, because Bill Cipher is a negotiating man yeah. and he knows when it is a good idea to lash out and when it's not. So yeah. he's entertaining Gideon here a little bit and being like, Oh, yeah, like, if you help me with this one thing, then this is no problem. I can totally help you out with that. Now, the thing that I love about this is that even, like, not even as as a kid's show, but just in terms of power scaling and creating an intimidating villain, this dude just stopped time and pulled teeth out of the mouth of a deer and put it back in. Just for the lols. This guy is so scary immediately. Like... Dipper, like nobody has ever handled. Like they've handled some cre- crazy stuff on the show. Obviously, nothing like this. Just this intro has shown us how much more threatening and scary this guy really is. I'm trying to to see what uh what's what's even the next thing that he does. Well, and he, that's he the funny much thing just is, right? takes the hand with Gideon, which is still yeah. scary as heck. <laughs> In spite of what he just did, Gideon just like blissfully agrees. It's like, yeah, that seems pretty good as long as you're gonna get me what I want, I'll do whatever you need. And he does not even ask what it is. That's this is mind blowing to me. That even Gideon, like the character tunnel that he vision. is, yeah. I, and but to be fair, like I guess that explains it the best, right? Gideon, mm-hmm. his whole thing is tunnel vision. He has one goal. He doesn't care what he has to do to get it. And he's not even going to find out what else needs to be done. And here he goes. He just agrees. Shakes the hand of essentially the devil. Yep. Okay. He's just like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, Um, man. Do it. (laughs) Go Gideon. (laughs) So, you know, he just goes into a maniacal laughter as Mabel and Seuss from the side who have been watching this whole scene unfold. They just watch and their eyes look at each other like, ooh. This does not look good. And I like kind of the look of genuine concern that appears on their face. That's for the very first time, they're like, what did Gideon just do? Like, yeah. this is kind of serious. Though we do find out that they stopped for snacks on the way to going to tell them, even though they know that Stan is in immediate danger. Yeah, you're right. So it's not that big of a deal to them, obviously. <laughs> just say, uh, just sneak it away, man. You got to fight crime. Can't fight crime on an empty stomach. <laughs> true, but... To your point, they do go back to the shack to warn Dipper and Stan after getting those snacks. And they say something about a triangle guy that's on his way to break in. Um, Dipper, hears triangle guy. And he realizes that that's familiar because he has looked through Journal 3. And he very quickly turns the page to Bill Cipher. And it says his name on there. It's the picture of him and everything. Yeah. And uh, it is listed as the most powerful and dangerous creature the author has ever encountered. Never let him into your mind. Now, one thing that I will say, I don't know what your plan is for talking about journal three for this, but there's a lot of Bill Cipher stuff in it. And a lot of yeah. it is spoilers. So we won't be able yes. to do too much, but just know that there is a lot of Bill Cipher content in the journal. Yeah, I, I did read that uh just about an hour and a half ago going in, and I'm like, oh man, like there's stuff here, and I can't get into much. Uh and for the I think generally speaking, it's easier to talk about the stuff that has been written by Dipper and Mabel. Um, yeah. just because when you go back, like there's a lot of story there. Uh I, I did write down just a little bit of intel from people that's uh non-spoilery. And you, you can know that the original author had written several entries before this about his muse, a creature who had been kind of feeding him information through his dreams. And uh, this is the entry yeah. where he realizes that it is Bill Cipher, this, this very powerful creature. And yeah. um, contemplates, like, he has no idea how much manipulation has taken place, but he's writing this possessed as his right eye bleeds, which is freaking dark. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but... This is kind of where he notes that it's possible to follow the demon into a person's mind and prevent the chaos. And that is where Dipper gets his next idea, to read an incantation. Um, and I have to say, I skipped ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Before we get, yeah, before we get into that, I, I wanted to say one last thing about the journal. Because before this, we'd kind of been talking about the journal as if it's just kind of um, scattered articles that give more flavor to the show. There is a narrative that actually is written throughout Journal, the Journal 3. And if you are a Gravity Falls fan and you're watching, listening to us, there's a very good chance that you will heavily enjoy getting this book if you don't have it already. So like the narrative that is in it that we really won't be able to cover, um, at least not like the way that it is covered narratively in the book, obviously, it's really good. It's a really cool thing to read. I have read it all the way through and I totally recommend it. That is all. Awesome. I totally agree. Give the book. Um, So, anyway, uh, he's checking the book uh, and learning a little bit about Bill Cypher and where it says never let him into your mind. And as that happens, we see a shadow of Bill enter a sleeping Grunkle Han's head as his face, as Stan's face just goes blue through his eyes and mouth with possession. And. That is where, as I said, they start to look into this incantation and are gonna go into a terrible place. Grunkle Stan's mind. So There's just so many cool things about this. I, I am, I'm sure anybody who's been following our content probably has gathered this. I love anything that has to do with going into the psyche, anything that's like heavily metaphysical to the point where it's not even physical at all. Like, super trippy out there stuff. This is so 100% in my lane, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I want to go ahead and uh, say the incantation that gets read, because there's some fun stuff here, too. Even though, to Lucas's point, it's a little bit nonsensical. Yeah. Fidentis Omnium, (laughs) confidence of all. Magstermentium, master of minds. Magnesium ad hominem, magnesium to man. Magnum whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait! Did you just try to translate magnesium to man? This is just what the Gravity Falls Wiki says, dude. It's my trusted source, and I believe everything it says. Okay, well, it's wrong. Ad hominem is a fallacy. That's a logical thing. Oh, sorry. It does say here: note, ad hominem is a type of logical fallacy characterized by a personal attack during a debate. Yeah, that, okay. I got a philosophy degree, suckers. I'm just kidding i mean i'm not kidding i did but i'm i'm not actually that much of an asshole i promise (laughs) (laughs) i like that you had to make sure to point out the philosophy thing and i'm proud of you Uh, magnus opus great work of art or music etc yes uh habeas corpus literally means may you have the body i didn't Uh, know that actually i did not that's really weird But I guess the legal term refers to the requirement that a person under arrest is to be brought before a judge or court so that the evidence against them can be weighed. And that's why I knew that, because I learned that in my uh, master in the arts or uh, arts in the law in the arts class. Solid. Okay. Inceptus, Nolanus, Overatus. Uh, I I don't know what that is. This is actually terrific. Inception by Nolan is overrated. Oh, that's awesome. Also very true. It was literally based on an anime film called Paprika that is a million times better. It's one of the best animated films you'll ever see by Satoshi Kon. Highly recommend. Yeah. Graphic image rewarding on that one. Am I right? Just in case people um, are seeking it out? There might be one scene that might be my little bit. Just okay, one. Got it. Um, and uh, I disagree because I love Inception. However, I love that that's in there. It's so funny. Like, what a terrific Easter egg. It's just um, hard when I know there's a better movie with the exact same premise. I get you. Magstermentium, Magstermentium, Magstermentium. Master of Minds three more times. That's awesome. So I think that's the highlight. Yeah. Um, and with this, after surrounding Stan and saying the incantation, we are now inside the head of Grunkle Stan. And we are outside in front of a building that sort of resembles the mystery shack in a pure uh. gray static atmosphere as the characters stay in color, but everything around them is not. Every moment from this point till the end of the episode is, to me, the coolest thing that's ever been on screen so far in in the show. And and that is high praise, because this show has been awesome up until this point anyway. This is so amazing, dude. The animation for this is so sick. There's so many potential Easter eggs for what's going on throughout the rest of the show, because we are literally in Stan's mind. The amount of things that you can hide here is astronomical and they do not miss the opportunities for that they are quite aware of how much amazingness can go into this and i mean i would even say like wrote the book for it at this point for animation you know what i mean in terms of like yeah. subtle imagery dude gravity falls is the king and immediately we get a cipher on the top of the door of this shack looking thing right boom and of course of course i looked it up right yeah and what do you I didn't notice that i did not know i have no idea it's just Mystery Shack, but it's Mystery oh. Shack in cipher form. Well, so it's cool. like yeah, everything in this mind of Grungle Stan seems just to be translated. like shuffling around that way. Yeah, translated into ciphers. That's um, very cool. Oh yeah, because that's right. It's they're trying, it's a maze. It's a maze of memory. So they have to like figure it out in the mind. That's awesome. Jeez. It is. And there are more, uh, which I guess maybe we'll get to later, but yeah, they've got like little things just tr- just trickled throughout and i love it so back to the plot um as they start to approach mabel says so this is grunkle stan's mind sue says i figured there'd be way more hot old ladies that's a pretty one of another one of Seuss's. i'm glad you wrote that one i forgot that, that that's another good one yeah but they are looking for triangle guy and he appears um yeah in the way that he does is sick too because they're like all right, guys, we're looking for Triangle Guy. And he goes, Triangle Guy, that's me. And that's the scariest thing about, like, this is why I love villains that are written like this. When they're so confident that they're like, oh, I'm actually just kind of hanging out. I'm genuinely like, this is so non-threatening to me that I'm literally just having a good time in the most casual way that I see fit. <clears throat> and it's honest and it's terrifying. It's that confidence, because he's like, I mean, obviously he's magic is all heck, you know i mean magic all magic is the saying that we don't understand how things work at the end of the day but for us it's magic because this is just some intense power um mabel goes you isosceles monster and tries to cat which is funny and tries to catch him and when she lunges at him to catch him he just opens up his body and she goes into it like a portal he holds up a really exaggerated funny looking stopwatch and then she comes out and he's like i gotcha oh wait what just happened which is just nuts. <laughs> it's insane. And not too long after that, he just straight up shoots a laser hole straight through Dipper's chest. and Which also stays there for the rest of the episode, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say next, too. Is It, it just remains in this uh, weird mind world. And so... I would like to say, right here, this is another one of those lines that I'm just emphasizing happened, though I'm not going to say more about it. Uh, uh, Bill Cipher says when he sees them, question mark, shooting star, pine tree, I thought I'd run into you. Onward. You know what? I actually missed that note for all the wild notes that I took. That's a really good one. And I love it best, just his nicknames, and he's been watching them. Oh, there's, there's another nod to that later that I'll talk about, too, that I wonder if you saw. Terrific. I may not have. Um, ooh. So... As Bill Cipher disappears in an effort to try to uh, go and take some of Stan's memories, uh, we get inside this shack, a maze of thousands of different doors. And Bill looks like the MC when they when they walk in, it looks like the MC Escher, you know, uh, like stairways going into infinity thing, like super awesome art style. Yeah, and this is technically where Bill admits his plot, and he says, oh, he needs to find one of uh, um, the memory that has the combo locks so that he can give it to Gideon. And yep. he's pretty confident. They, he says they can't stop him because he's a master of the mind and he knows what they're all thinking, and he proves that to Babel by just plucking a couple of anime boys directly out of the universe and dropping them into the scene. Well, out of her head, specifically. True, true, better, yep. <laughs> yeah out of her universe (laughs) and uh her response is literally just to hug one and go i'm never letting go of your leg and you know i i will say that when that happened i was like me too Mabel." (laughs) we had seen these guys in like an earlier scene i think that mabel was watching them on television uh their names are xyler and Kraz. And they just That's like how so like how like how Dipper's hole is just there in the middle of his chest the rest of the episode. Xyler and Kraz are now just here the rest of the episode. And it really is so hysterical. Yeah. I for for such a heavy episode in terms of character development, plot, animation, this, that, and the other thing, you'd think they wouldn't have space for this. And yet somehow it works perfectly with what's going on. It really is amazing as we talk through it, the amount of things that are in this episode. And they all just seamlessly fit where you don't feel like you're ever starved for anything. I'm going to be honest. I think this is a perfectly written episode for a cartoon show with the format at the time. In terms of narrative, in terms of comedy, in terms of how they're weaving through the overall plot of the show, in terms of showcasing the strengths of the show as a whole with animation and Easter eggs and right... This is one of the best examples of Gravity Falls, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. And this group that now consists of two 80s boys uh, <laughs> go inside the house. And it just gets so cool really quick. We see some moving images of Stan memories. We see film reels, like you said, upside down staircases, like the yeah. M.C. Escher thing. Um we start to get some memories. What of Stan being in jail? Of You got something to say about that one? Um, he, well, first of all, he's in the Colombian jail and he puts his arm around these two guys and he's like, I love you guys. You're the best Colombian jailmates a guy could have asked for. And in Spanish, they say, I hate this man. I want to kill him or something like that. Yeah, that's right. I I glossed over some of it. I was, I needed to gloss over some things because there's so much here, but I'm glad that you filled in the gaps where I glossed over stuff. Also, when we see younger flashbacks of Grunkle Stan, he doesn't have glasses. That's wacky. That's all. Ah, very good catch. Uh, And we see him being a vacuum salesman in one of those younger scenes. That's the one where he doesn't have glasses, actually, that I was thinking of. And we also get to see the date with Lazy Susan that happened off-screen in a previous episode, and it's just like total cringe. It, it's bad, dude. It's it, that was probably the one that also well represents the show. I won't lie, just because it reminds me that Dipper and Wendy exist. But yeah, that that does that's a thing. <laughs> sure. And uh, now we have to get an instance of Dipper sort of sucking a little bit again because yeah dude that is the one thing i don't the only thing that i don't like about the episode is just dipper is just a little bit too much of a dick in this one and when you say you don't like it are you saying you don't like that he is that way or do you also not like it from a narrative point of view um i will explain that as we talk about it okay that's fair because it's Um, a little complicated i'll get to it there's things that i do and don't like about it for different reasons so i have a complicated answer (laughs) that's fair so we do see a hallway of dipper memories and the others don't want to waste their time on that because they know it's not going to be relevant to this seuss Dipper, dipper another good seuss quote dipper that's not a good idea Says it very yeah. plainly. Like, nah, that's a bat. He said that with a smile on his face. I'm like, that's such a great read. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, here for the rhythm. Dr. Right. Seuss. Dude, we need a book of Dr. Seuss written right now that's literally just Seuss quotes. <laughs> yeah, like all Seuss wisdom. I, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Wisdom of Dr. Podcast. Seuss. That's so funny. Dude, what if we did a bonus podcast where just called Dr. Seuss where we read Seuss's wisdom and then unpacked it for actual philosophical conversation? I think that actually would be fun. I'd like that. I think that would be really fun if we were just to screw around and do something. That's, okay. some, that's something I would have done for an actual paper in my undergrad. Absolutely. Um, and we might have to grab some that are not gonna be on the sites because some of it's very quick. It might be hard to just like read. We should start to track. I could go through my notes. I write all my notes. That's true. Yes, you do. Um, well, anyway, Dippers just needs to know what's in this hallway, despite the fact that everyone knows it's a bad idea. So, this is one of the things that i do like because as a could you like i know that there's a lot of impending doom going on but i can't say that this doesn't make a little bit of sense Dipper, when you when you have that anger building where you've been where you were messed up a little bit by somebody you know like you feel like somebody's wronged you and then you're in a position where they need your help it kind of does make sense that you might have a little animosity towards wanting to help them after they were kind of rude to you right that's a realistic feeling and sure. the, way is, the way that Dippers, the way Dipper is, like, I want to see what Stan actually thinks about me, honestly kind of makes sense. I do okay, understand yeah. him. Like, like, you know, the mindset of, you know, maybe, because if it were me, I would still think of it two-sided. Like, maybe I'll go find a memory that he's, like, super supportive and he's, like, explaining himself, which we'll get into again. But I understand his motivation for going in. What happens in there is another thing, but we'll get to that. Sure. Okay, yeah, and I think that that's a reasonable point. So we get Dipper walking to this hallway, and he stumbles into a scene where Stan is kind of complaining about him, and I know that you hate the misunderstanding trope. And we do get that here. We do get it where Dipper overhears a conversation, interprets it to mean one thing, and then leaves the scene before he has a chance to finish what is being said. And the thing is... Alec is right I just hate this so much the second this started I was just like god can we just get this over with everyone immediately knows what's going to happen you know like I'm looking at this and it's not subtle you know like Stan even whispers something to Seuss before Dipper can hear him And it's like, oh, God, what's he? Okay, what's he going to miss here, and then get mad about and then figure out he misheard it later and it's all going to come around and he's going to save him. And the reason I don't like it is because it makes the plot boring because you already know what's going to happen and it just makes me want to skip to it. Ah. Usually. Usually. But this show is different. I still hate this trope and I still think that – in this moment it did frustrate me but the way that they tie it together at the end gives it narrative purpose. And I yeah. still hate the trope, but tropes exist a lot of the time so that you can forward your narrative and that's why they are there. And people yeah. can use them intelligently. And even though this one is just one that I personally really dislike, I can appreciate its role because of how they tie it in later. Dang, you basically said exactly what I was thinking but articulated it way better. Um <laughs> I I think that tropes do sometimes exist for a reason. And in this case, you know, it does move the plot forward in the way that we would hope that it goes. And I don't think it's super predictable. Um, Well, I don't think the plot is super predictable. I think that still the misunderstanding is. Everybody knows the Dipper is going to come around. That part is extremely predictable. And now we just need to wait for it to happen. Thankfully, though... Enough entrance, This is the reason I don't like it in, in rom-coms, because in rom-coms, usually the only thing you're watching is the relationship between the two people, so pretty much there's nothing else interesting going on, so it's just a pain until you get there, but there's so much awesome stuff going on in this that I forget that emotional feeling is gone the second the next scene starts, because there's just so much going on. So even though in the moment I was mad at the trope, I think it actually ends up playing out pretty well. Great. Well, uh, let's talk about some of that awesome stuff. Yeah. So Dipper has now left the group, right? So they're off doing their own thing to solve the mission without him. And they're walking through opening and closing doors. Seuss opens one and sees Stan from the first episode go inside like the secret passage the vending machine. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, Seuss just saw this. And he just goes, boring and closes it. Yeah, so he doesn't funny. even watch where the memory goes. That is that it, it's it's not just funny cuz it ma- it makes sense for seuss, but it's also great because it's like keying in the audience to be like, yeah, remember all that going on with Grunkle? That's also in this headspace, very volatile right now. Still important. You know? And again, yeah. it was part of the bill cipher uh thing that happened earlier in the episode where it flashed between all of these images. That was one of them. So exactly. Uh, Mabel finds one of Stan. uh, Sorry. Mabel finds one of the Stan memories and it's him talking to his tummy under the top secret label. And that is a scene that on one hand I can live without it. On the other hand, I'm glad they included it. Oh, I was going to say that everyone could relate to has not everybody tried to eat food with their belly button. Yeah, I don't know. I'm here for a little bit of comic relief. Again, it's a miracle wait, to me that they fit all this comic relief in. Wait, I've actually done that. I'm not making a joke. I mean, I believe that. I'm not just for the... F- just. It's funny! Come on! It looks like a mouth! Isn't that enough? Okay, you're right. I'm a silly. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Lucas, why don't you have a conversation with your tummy for the podcast? Hey, everybody. Uh, okay, we're going to key this in. We're going to key this in. We brought a special interview guest for you today. It is Lucas's tummy. Lucas. Hi, hi Lucas's tummy. Um, I This is really strange. I've only ever talked to, like, Lucas from his mouth before. Uh, are Are you, like, similar to him in personality? Wow. I'm not going to do this, but I was totally going to let you say that as long as you wanted just because it was adorable. I'm actually nothing like Lucas at all. He just wants to be healthy, healthy, healthy. But all I want is garbage. Give me all of the garbage in the world. I want to scarf up the garbage. Oh my God. Wow. First of all, my dietary conscientiousness is far greater than the, the average American. So that's also just not a good interpretation of my tummy. Lucas's tummy. What do you think of all of the shirts that Lucas wears? Are you a fan of them? No, I want to be naked all the time. If I had you a know, choice, I would just be going around and I'd be able to see the entire world as myself. Just gonna be honest, it's hot as heck where I am right now, and I'm gonna use this opportunity to take my headphones off and actually remove this shirt. <laughs> Freedom finally I've been dying for this. Oh my god. Oh my would god. Would have been okay, funny. Actually It would I'm, have been I'm... funny if you changed the voice as soon as I took my shirt off to just be like, oh I'm finally free! Let's go. <laughs> uh, you had the opportunity to do that. No, you were in the middle of your sentence. I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh well that that's nice of you, but uh it's my not tummy. Didn't you gotta want worry enough. about. It's it's your tummy yeah uh all right now is this is a bit done hold on uh people lucas has actually taken his shirt off and don't tell people that people are weird <laughs> I, I
1: know what was that.
0: it this is my fault i'm just kidding everyone <laughs> you have absolutely like made this moment happen by doing exactly what you're doing all right lucas is okay just one last First of all, i just like to say i didn't make this moment happen you all made this moment happen because y'all don't pay attention to the you buy and the environment is being destroyed and it's 100 freaking degrees and my state's burning down. Okay? So stop buying crap that is destroying the environment. Pay attention because if you think that voting matters, spending money is literally the most important vote you have in a capitalist society and the world is burning. I'm sorry, I'm done. It's too hot. (laughs) All I care about is food. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lucas's tummy. Uh, I appreciate you coming into the (laughs) podcast for this segment today. Um, this is probably the craziest tangent we've ever gone on. I I don't think that there is anything wilder than this. This is probably the craziest episode we're going to have. (laughs) Actually, I can't promise that, but it's definitely the craziest we've had. (laughs) I can't wait to ask my fiancé what she's thinking in the other room right now, having heard, uh, heard your tummy. Hello? Hello? I think this might be my last broadcast. Whoever is following me is outside trying to break in. I've cracked the last clue. The key you need is four. Unfortunately, I won't be much help. It's up to you now. You won't be hearing from me again, but know that I'm still counting on you. Let me, get, let me, get, me back, get us back on track. Um, where are we in the, in the show? So Mabel is starting to speculate about how they're going to find this memory. Because she expects the secret memories to be hidden. Because that's what Stan would do. Like he would bury it. Or not. I guess not bury it, but put it under a rug perhaps. Which yeah. is weird but because it sort of like gives the idea that there's some kind of autonomy that Stan has over where his memories are located within this mechanism. It's a subconscious thing. Right, I think that makes more sense. Like his oh, hidden hi, like his hidden memories would be somewhere where he'd actually hide stuff. You know, like it's a subconscious parallelism to his actual life. I think that makes sense. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And they do find the secret door under a rug, as Mabel expects. And her idea is, okay, let's just destroy the door. And Seuss goes, oh, well, I should do it because I've got my big fat arms. They're good at destroying stuff. Now, one thing that I thought in this moment, I was like, oh, that was that was a weird thing for Seuss to say. I feel like he usually, like, even earlier in this episode, uh, I think Bill Cipher said something like, hey, fat guy, and Seuss goes, he's talking about you, Mabel. Oh, no, this is later in the episode that that happens. It is. Yeah, no, but that's a really good point, where um, this isn't really something that Seuss says about himself. It's yeah, weird for him to we- say this. And that is because it is not Seuss at all, but it is in fact Bill Cipher emulating Seuss because the real Seuss comes on over and he, what does he say? Oh, that's right. He found a memory of Stan roller skating in short shorts and he's very excited to tell the group, but then he realizes that there's another one of him. And uh, sure enough, it is Bill Cipher. They led him straight to the door. Mabel calls him a stink face. I think that's where the poop face line was supposed to be that we talked about in the Hirsch tweets oh they actually that was the poop face do that oh my goodness i Dude, think so right that's got to be it right poop face I is so. funnier than stink face like <laughs> solidly objectively i will say that solidly. shit face is funnier than all of them so i guess so. <laughs> comedy I, doesn't <laughs> i'm gonna hope that people heard my joke in that um Anyways, she calls him a stink face. Zyler goes, awesome comeback, Mabel. And she just goes, don't treat me like a child, Zyler. That's <laughs> so good. I missed that. That's so funny. I was probably geeking out. I'm like, oh, that's the I missed the thing. That's so funny. I like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Bill floats off. And Mabel leads-, leads the charge to save Grunkle Stan. But Dipper emerges. And he's in his emotional, like, angstiness. Is like, there's no point uh because he saw stan's he memory crazy. and i'm but just I not say, important to him. i'm not gonna fix a problem for this guy you know i go back and forth on how i feel about dipper's response to this a little bit because obviously it's over the top it's part of the narrative so like there's an argument that would be easy to make saying dipper wouldn't really do this they're just doing it because they need to for the plot and i actually don't think that's a strong argument because I think technically speaking, Dipper could have been there for this entire part and that it wouldn't have changed anything about the story. You know what I mean? It's true. I, okay, I see your point there. I was also gonna say that Dipper is 12 years old and it is kind of believable that he would have this kind of an adverse reaction and not understand the consequences of his actions. Yeah, yeah, Well, and well that too, but I think on another note, when I actually think about the context of Dipper, he doesn't actually live here. Let's not forget, they're on summer camp. This is mm-hmm. kind of in his head, maybe even especially with how he's feeling right now, a distant uncle and who hasn't treated him well. So he goes, you know what, dude? This is like a huge problem. Are you expecting a 12 year old to save you from us, you know, this like crazy psychedelic monster? No, I don't think I can do this one. I kind of get it, honestly. Hmm. Like I, I would. I'd be scared to do this anyway, let alone for somebody that just really pissed me off. You know what I mean? Jeez. Okay. I actually really like where you're going with that. I think it's reasonable. Like, Um, it kind of makes sense more than the trope lends itself to making sense. You know what I mean? I I think there's something else to this, though, where he's also letting down the other people who were there. Yeah. That's the part that's not cool is like, well, the thing that I do agree with Seuss, he's like, Dipper, you're a cool dude, but this isn't cool, dude. That's great quote a more, again. great quote again. I was just like, yeah, man, this is not cool. Like, even if I'd be scared, I would at least try to back up Mabel and Jesus. You know what I mean? I'd at least want to make sure they weren't in trouble. You know, I wouldn't abandon them. Yeah, because we've still got another problem here. Like, Dipper, how are you going to get out of this situation? Sure, if you don't want to help <laughs> Grunkle Stan, but you still got to get home. Yeah. And if you're going to the bail on the mission... That is the narrative is reason for this happening, is he's the guy who's got to go figure out how to get home while... Every well, he's he's gotta go he's gotta be the guy to go figure something out, not necessarily how to get home, um, while everyone else is dealing with the thing. So that makes sense too. Sure. All right. Well, the phone rings inside Bill Cypher's tummy. And yeah, his tummy's got a voice too. It's Lil Gideon calling via television. And I can't believe Gideon, you brought that back and transition <laughs> like that. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm here for, bro. Is that was the transition. That was actually pretty good. Uh Gideon starts uh sorry, rather, Bill Cypher starts telling his tummy Gideon uh the combo that he has found, but he only gets through three digits before the door gets hit out of his hand by a dart from Mabel. And that's the dart gun that I mentioned earlier. She uses yeah. it. And, and I will uh, say that was awesome that Mabel just sniped that out of his hands in an extremely volatile moment. Like if she had literally missed, this whole scene would have gone extremely differently mabel coming in clutch and bill cypher turns red and gets super super scary yeah and and that's one thing i like about this. part of me almost wishes they didn't do his blow up here because it would have been cool if he was like maintained cool and calm the whole time we knew him in the intro so that if it happened later it'd freak us out even more but i think the impact is still pretty heavy um he looks freaking scary dude this psychedelic monster actually like gets all red and grows and like you can almost see like the pyramid marks cracking in him it's awesome and his voice changes into this really ominous demon voice too yeah he says you have no idea what you've cost me do you know what i'm like when i'm mad and Zeus is like, he looks of- mad when he gets mad Yeah, <laughs> astute so, observation my boy <laughs> we've got a circle of fire surrounding them as they raise into space from the top of a stone version of Grunkle Stan's head. As Bill says, eat nightmares. And did you guys just hear what Alex said? This is so awesome. Where has Western animation been with delivering content like this before this moment? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is so sick. This is so cool. Uh, this is why I love like Adventure Time, Gravity Falls and Steven Universe. I consider them like the holy trifecta of a new age of animation and uh You know, this is just such an amazing mark of that. This whole scene, this whole climax is just so freaking cool. (laughs) 100%. So, meanwhile, though, we've got Dipper moping around. Uh, Well, there's this insane thing happening. He's just looking around trying to find an exit. And he ends up accidentally finding the same door that he heard Stan talking about him in the first place. And he stands there and realizes that Stan was actually talking about himself when he was a kid, uh, or rather wow. what people said about himself. Wow. Wow. What a misunderstanding. He misheard him. Who could have guessed <laughs> that was going to happen? Oh, now he, <laughs> now he realizes that Grunkle actually likes him. What? God, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. So stupid. I'm... <laughs> but we do get some pretty good flashbacks from when Grunkle was a kid in that scene. Yeah. Um, and uh alec is gonna cut the next thing that i have to say because it's a spoiler observation but i gotta say it dude and then we also really good yeah yeah it it, there were so willow was the one who pointed those out to me yeah obviously caught all of this but like oh i I had to tell you it was so awesome for me to see you could keep that little blast part in i had to tell you it was so awesome for me to see because now nobody knows what it was you have to look it up sorry (laughs) cool so uh yes there are some really interesting scenes here i want to talk about this a little bit so stan is being hard on dipper to toughen him up is the lesson that we get from these different things because he had a tough time when he was a kid and i guess his dad signed him up for boxing lessons and he really didn't want to do it but he he did and he was able to save somebody as a result of having these lessons Mm -hmm. and, and he was like I, I don't know. I have got mixed feelings about this, to be honest with you, because it's I think it's the macho pro- man mentality. I get it. It is. And I, I want to talk that through a little bit because I think I kind of like it in a surprising way, which is going to be a, li- a little bit of a heel turn for me because Dipper is or sorry, Stan is giving Dipper this tough love, love thing. And he, you know, Sue's asks, well, do you think that's going to work? And they see Dipper cut through this wood. He says, I actually did it. And Stan is really proud, and he sees, you know, when push comes to shove, I'm actually proud of him. And but Don't tell him that. He's got a big head already. <laughs> yeah, also, which is funny, because he's listening, and... Yeah. um, And that was a really sweet 40. moment, honestly. Like, I did feel the sweetness of that in Dipper's smile, especially, actually. So, I am a dude, and, I mean, Lucas relates to me to some degree, mm-hmm. where... I just like really don't like the dude has to be tough thing at all. Um, I felt like our parents were really good about not hammering that home. And that's why I identify mainly like with more feminine energy. And I I just, sometimes it bothers me in fiction to see this mentality of like, oh yeah, you've got to be tough. Like that's the thing. But I got to say, I do think that there is value in teaching like a non-masculine version of toughness. Like, not that it has to be a masculine thing, but rather that there is some benefit in giving yourself a thick skin to be able to handle the world because the world is not easy. And I've learned that more as an adult than I did as a kid. And there actually might have been, it might have been easier for me sometimes if I had still kept, like, the feminine energy that I identify more with, but I was still able to, like, develop a thick enough skin to handle some of the things that I had trouble with. So I'm going to give it a pass here. I don't think that they're actually going with like total toxic masculinity. I think that this is like a genuine lesson about the importance of uh, being prepared for the hurdles and the challenges that life is going to throw at you, especially when you don't represent the type of masculinity that is the most accepted in society. In fact, I think it's more of a message on the other side. Um, I wouldn't put sides on it, but I think that you said that perfectly. I think it's just like, you know... Yeah, I think that, I, I think that it's, uh, yeah, you said that extremely perfectly, man. Obviously, everybody, American, well, I'm, I'm, we're speaking as Americans. If you're watching this from other countries, you know, we're only familiar with the cultural norms of our own area, so we don't want to, like, project that to other places necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, like, how um, gender norms are in America, they're garbage. It's very bad here, in my opinion. Um, and yep. especially with, like, you know, super aggro, masculine hyper-masculine men that are like terrible kinds of people in my humble opinion i don't think it's a healthy culture to foster that being said the world is a messed up place it doesn't need to be a gender thing for people to to need to be strong in life you know what i mean yes the yes, silly exactly. thing the silly thing is lumping it as a man thing because it's not a man thing that's a human thing dude everybody needs to be strong the world's messed up you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and i think that that does ring pretty true in this like don't get me wrong. I think that Grunkle is an old guy and those norms apply to him. And I think that makes sense. Cause that's the world he was, you know, grew up in, you know, he's an sure. older guy. Um, so I think that it makes sense that he acts like that stereotypical thing that we don't love to see, but they've also like humanized him away from that. in like the Manitar episode and stuff. So there's even a history of them addressing that particular thing, which is why I don't think that there's anything a problematic. I'd say it's awesome. Actually the opposite. I think that it's really well done. And, uh, and I think that the way that Dipper really appreciates and sees why Grunkle is doing this is also really cool, and gives it that feeling of like, oh yeah, the world's hard. Now, the one part where we're backtracking is that he doesn't do that to anyone else. Yeah, I mean, and that I will—I gotta say situation. it. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, we can't be perfect. It's a kids' show, and there's a lot going on in this. Yeah, well, well done. Um, so Dipper accidentally slips into the memory, like he falls in. And these memory versions of Stan and Soos see him. Yeah, and uh, well, Stan so just not didn't... and Seuss. not and Seuss Soos oh, doesn't see him that we see. Oh, you're right, actually. And I think I don't know if that's important, but it, it made me wonder: is there a, is there like is that Stan's like subconscious or something like that? Because not only do they have an interaction, but Dippers like I need to go fight bill cypher he says that to the memory and as dipper runs away the memory of grunkle says huh so he's going to fight and that is a like that was a line that seemed very intentionally written to me do you know what i mean yeah or it was like huh fighting back like he's so proud and uh i I think there might be a little more plot related hint in that too yeah, that could have very well been Stan. Or, or maybe even, yeah, like a metaphysical note. Like, I felt like there was something mm-hmm. deep to that. Not just not just the in-episode canon of, like, Grunkle trying to teach Dipper to fight, and that being a thing. Not that I don't think that wasn't part of it as well. I think there was another level to it as well on top of that. Right, well, and I mean, Stan notices the earthquake. There's a memory version of him uh, that triggers Dipper to have to go back and fight. So there seems to be some kind of awareness somewhere, and I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, I do too. And I like it's it's... I like how it's not really explained, and it's very metaphysical, too, because we can have cool conversations like this. <laughs> yes. So back to the group. Bill says, one nightmare coming up. And Sue cool. says, oh, I hope it's not the British dog man that I'm always dreaming about. And you know <laughs> it is. You know it is. It's such a hysterical, like, caricature of, like, like almost like a cockney British dog. He's like, hello, hello, hello. Who's crikey for a shindig in the puddin'? And he taps um, Seuss's belly, and Seuss freaks out. I didn't... That's, that's more of a questionable line when you said it than I remembered it being in the first time hearing it. Ooh, who's crikey for a shindig in the puddin? Hmm. Um, uh, questionable? Little Scandal is a British dog, man. Oh, goodness. I mean, everybody was worried about poop face, obviously, so they must have missed that. <laughs> I mean, I missed it, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. Um, So, because it's Seuss's nightmare, he breaks out. Uh, And Bill also gives Mabel a nightmare, which is taking her cuteness away from her as her dream boys get blasted into space. And for a moment, I was like, is this part of Bill's kill count? Yeah, I Um, thought so too. I I also asked myself that question. I was like, uh, first of all, they're not because they come back. We'll just say it now. But it looks like they just got evaporated by a laser. They're also in the mind, so I didn't even count them as really sent sure actually i can't say that i've had too many crazy lucid dreams to say that but we'll get into that we will get into that i wrote a note about lucid dreaming in here i'm a little surprised that like mabel's fear is her losing her cuteness because mabel just seems like somebody who is able to like present herself at all stages and be like really proud of her personality um but i I would I would maybe say that that was maybe a lazy written nightmare because there's so much other going on so much other stuff going on can't can't have it be I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. That's true. Well, I think, it, to me, it's more, even though they said it the way where it's taking away the cuteness, I think it's more like taking away her essence, because it feels like there's that's life drained from her as well. And I, I think it would have been a stronger choice for them to use that verbiage. But um, yeah, that's that's too that's too dense, though, for everything else going it is. on. They'd have You're to right. explain that. I, I, okay, you, you, you explained it. I'm convinced. That's not lazy writing. I think it was conservative writing. That's what I'll call Fair it. Fair enough. Well, while they are in peril, Dipper shows up. And because he has accidentally fallen into this uh, scene with Stan earlier, he realizes you can do whatever you want in the mind. Cause Stan fixed his hole up during that scene. He just did it. Yeah. And because of just that, smiled. yeah, Dipper realizes this is a dream. Like you said, lucid dreaming. We can just do whatever we want and it's going to happen. Okay. I got to say that that if, I, if this wasn't already a kind of trippy pot, like metaphysical podcast, I wouldn't say this, but like, I gotta bring up the lucid dreaming thing. Have you ever lucid dreamed before? Yes, not as often as you. Uh, when I was young, I lucid dream a lot. Like I, I, got into it. I started trying to research it. I tried to learn how to do it, and I like kind of actually figured out some little techniques that you can do to get better at it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot to lucid dreaming. It's a, it's a fun rabbit hole to jump down if you've got uh if you've you know got kind of a, a natural sense for it, and it happens to you sometimes. Um, but there are little things that you could trick yourself to doing when you're dreaming to like realizing that you're in a dream. And then it's just kind of like exercising a muscle of how long you can stay in that state. And when I was young, dude, I would have the craziest lucid dreams. Like I'd be flying around. I'd be like, I having like anime fights. Like I was a, I, I had a super overactive, I, I don't want to call it that. Cause I believe more than that, but I, I was really into lucid dreaming when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, I felt like I wanted to say something about it just because it's so cool. It, it reminded me of kind of what they're doing there. Like I remember having lucid dreams where like, I'm going to fly now, or I'm going to make a fireball show up out of my hand and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I think one of the tricks that you taught me is if you write down your dreams at the end of every night, the more every you night. do it, you start to be more familiar with what's going on there. And it did work for me for a while when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. And you can train yourself a little bit to do it. It is like a real thing. The fat dream science is fascinating, Um, and I know that I was joking about vampires for journal four, but I'm just gonna say I kind of want dreams, Uh, something relating to dreams, maybe being what we go with. But we'll get there when we get there. The boogeyman. (laughs) Oh, geez, yeah, doubling. Like if you combine those, like vampire plus dream equals boogeyman. boogeyman. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) But um, anyway. Seuss now realizing what he can do blasts a question mark straight from his chest. Um cool. Bill fights back with lasers but Mabel reflects them back with hamster balls and brings back the boys and they play 80s synthesized music to Bill's chagrin. You know, I uh I can't say that's not an effective tactic. <laughs> uh Dipper leads the charge and taking Uh, or sorry, in kind of thinking everyone out of this setting as they all float in an empty white space. And uh, Bill is impressed because now all of a sudden this nightmare scenario that he's created is just gone because they, with their minds, they were able to create this reality. And he's Uh, like, oh, the mind is such a powerful thing, everyone, you know, take care of it. You can, you can do amazing things with it, but you can real mess yourself up too if you're not careful. You know what I mean? So strengthen that mind. It's, it's, it's such an awesome thing. The flow, it's, it's incredible. You know, not just for lucid dreaming, but life in general. Oh my gosh. Terrific. I have so, quite a reverence for life. <laughs> I know you do, dude. Me too. Like, live it up. Yeah. Um, as they float in empty white space, Bill says, you're more clever than you look. And he decides to leave them alone because he thinks they're going to come in handy later. And Bill is a very powerful being. And it's interesting to me that he decides to let them off the hook for this reason. And when Um, he does, when he leaves, he leaves also. He just leaves, he exits, which is like scary. We know how scary this guy can be. We know how strong he can be. And he just is like, all right, I'm out. They did not defeat him. That's pretty scary. Um, And also when he's leaving, there's a ring that shows up around him, a little portal, if you remember. Oh, I missed that part. Nope. There are symbols around the portal, some of which have been quite familiar throughout the series. Do you remember any of that or the things oh, that yes. we can't say yet? Well, i it's kind of spoilers, I guess. But we see like Dipper's hat symbol. We see the question mark on Seuss. Oh. And we see oh, okay. Mabel's rainbow. Also, oh, the, three, the three names that that he called them all by at the beginning of the episode. That's so good. I love that. Dang, man. Good on you. Mm -hmm. Dude, there's a lot to this, though. In addition to Bill leaving, he also leaves an ominous statement. He says, but know this, a darkness approaches. A day will come in the future where everything you care about will change. Until then, I'll be watching you. I mean, everything you care about changes every single day. So it's kind of a philosophically muddy point, isn't there, bud? (laughs) You're going to call Bill Cipher philosophically muddy here on the podcast in front of everybody? Bruh, he's a trickster. He's not a logician. Jesus. (laughs) What the hell is a logician? Somebody who studies logic. Oh, my goodness. That's not just a philosophy major? No. (laughs) No, that's a sub-branch of philosophy. Because you could study epistemology, you could study logic, you could study... I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do, Dude, philosophy is literally everything. Philosophy is literally everything. Fun fact, everybody. When you get a PhD in biology, you're getting your doctorate in philosophy of biology, okay? Everything is philosophy. Sorry. It's just a fact. So you're acting like more than 50% of the people listening are totally going to know what a logician is. As if I'm the crazy one for not knowing. And that is very much not the case. it's just the word logic in a different con- in a different grammatical text. I feel like that's then that's enough context, right? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Um, <laughs> anyway, they wake up. Everyone is surrounding Stan. Dipper gives him a hug and says he's glad he's okay. And that's me a nice too. little resolution to the moment. Um, and, oh, I, I don't want to actually want to downplay that because that moment is why I actually liked the trope. That's what brought it home for me. Ah. I thought that that was such a moment where they really saw each other and Dipper has that moment where he tries to headlock Grunkle. I thought that was so sweet and perfectly done. And like the character moment was genuinely human. And that's the problem with the tropes is like mm-hmm. in, the, in the crappy rom-coms, when they make up, they just go back to normal like nothing happened. You know what I mean? There's like, it's not even yeah. a revolu- it's not even a resolution. It's just like the whole plot is done so that we can move on. And that didn't happen here. They actually gave it a real emotional conclusion. And that's what it deserves. And I like that. That's what made it make sense. Love it, man. And uh, Mabel says that she's glad that Gideon didn't get into the safe. However, despite everything they've just done, there's an explosion. And even though... They have Not defeated Bill Cipher, and I think there might have been a scene where Bill told Gideon that he couldn't accomplish it, or Gideon realized it wasn't going well, so he took matters into his own hands. Yeah, um, yeah, the the deal was off with them. They did say that that did happen. Yeah, uh, Gideon had you has now used dynamite to get the deed of the shack, and which is hilarious. It, it works, yes, yeah, and it's so stupid in a way. Like he's just like, oh yeah, I found this paper. Now it's mine. I, I got into your safe, and yeah, yeah um homie literally just summoned a demon to do something that dynamite could do like maybe you know scale your plan a little better next time i don't know (laughs) yeah it's interesting that you can just take somebody's piece of paper and then it makes it your property there's no kind of legal ramifications to this whatsoever i think the suspension of disbelief is out on that one a little bit (laughs) obviously in a i I love it i love it yeah yeah obviously like in a real situation just be like um I obviously didn't sign it over, which is what you mm-hmm. need to do. You obviously have to sign. There's a whole. For those that don't know, when you're signing over property, you, there's an ownership form, and when you transfer ownership, same with a car, there has to be not only witnesses that sign, but your own signature of both part and the signature of both parties. So there's a whole. There's an, there is an officialation process. It's a cartoon. I don't know why I'm saying this. <laughs> you know, well, maybe Dipper realizing how incredibly easy this seems, thinks it must be part of the dream. It's too easy otherwise, right? But no, it is not a dream. In okay, comes Gideon. Go just ahead. like to say, the existential questioning that would genuinely come after an experience like that was not touched upon hard enough. I think they actually do touch upon it later in the series, but... I would not know what would be real for days after that. That would freak me the hell out. Now, granted, I've had those experiences and that questioning already in my life, so maybe that's a little bit of bias. But, I mean, doesn't that sound scary? Like, oh, am I still... Tri- I mean, am I still... Uh, am I still Luka's dreaming, so I mean? Well. <laughs> I mean, am I still dreaming? Or, you know what I mean? I'm so close Yes, to uh, I'm going to c- talk for you now. So... <laughs> This is Dipper's way sort of of acknowledging this reality that you're talking about, where he does question it for a second. Are we still in the dreams? And there definitely would naturally be some confusion about where you are. Um, but sure enough, Gideon and his dad come in. They knock the top of the shack off with a wrecking ball. And we get a legit to be continued for the first time in the series. Yeah. And I honestly forgot that that's how this wrapped up. And like real time, I was watching this and I saw Gideon get the deed and I was like, oh, shoot, that's right. And next episode is the last one of the season. And I don't remember how it ends. I don't. I'm just saying it right now. So I'm a little bit even for real on the edge of my seat still in this rewatch. (laughs) Now the cryptogram, which I'm going to get ahead on, actually translates to to be continued as well. So they left the cryptogram the same as the outro, which we didn't get a true outro at all. It was just the to be continued with some like light music with nature. Um, oh, but that was really cool, though. That, because mm-hmm. I will say, you haven't lived in Oregon yet, but that was like, that really reminded me of like how I feel at home in the forest of Mount Hood. I, I'm re- I really, I really love that, dude. That felt like they did that. I know it was just like, with everything else going on, it just seems like a stream playing at the end of the episode. I thought the artistic quality in that stream playing at the end of the episode was actually phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I loved it. Um, and it was a nice way to be like, oh, wow, we're getting nothing extra. You're just going to keep this cliffhunk right where it is. Yep. And um, apparently the original plan for this, Cypher, they wanted it to say, next week, Zyler and Kraz's bod-excellent rad venture. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so... I understand why they didn't do that. It would seem oddly comedic for the rest of the gravity of the episode. <laughs> yeah, and I do think they wanted to close it that way, but I love to know that little fact. Yeah, um, that's cool. Just a little uh, tidbits about some of the other cool um, cryptograms that existed within this episode. I guess in yellow behind Bill Cipher's name somewhere, there's a message that when decoded reads, Liar Monster Snappy Dresser. Dude, Bill Cipher has got is a snappy dresser. He's got that cane. He's got the cool looking shoes, the hat. It's just a fact. Sure. And then the other... Thing that actually is in production art But didn't make the episode And this is a weird one to me It was like one shot of the hallways In the Mindscape Mystery Shack um, And I guess it translates to Curse you Marilyn Huh And um, Weird Oh I know what this is relating to Oh, Shoot, I, oh Would it be okay if we did Journal 3 Before the characters of the episode for once Now uh. that we're on the topic Okay, sure. Sweet. This is worth it. This is worth it. Hang on. Uh, oh, oh, he's gone. Bye, bye. Okay. <laughs> Filibuster. Okay okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. So uh, in journal three, in the section that is not from the author, in the section that we learned in this episode, we find out about a couple of different places, or sorry, a couple of different memories that were not in the episode from Grunkle Stan that they saw throughout their journey in the mind. Oh, whoa. I don't remember that. Yes, and one of them was Grunkle Stan getting, re- or getting married. Um, and this is canonical that Grunkle Stan was actually what? married for 48 hours. Oh, well, okay, that's not as sad as I was fearing. Uh, well, I mean, listen, this is still something, though. Like, this is a big plot point that is not in any of the episodes. And Grunkle Stan made a joke in one of the first episodes. He's like, ha, marriage is terrible. You know, we've been through that. Yeah. Um, but, uh Wow. Yeah, I guess he, hours. he he wedded a waitress named Marilyn Rosenstein uh, oh. in Las Vegas for 48 hours but it turned out she was just trying to steal his car. A true scam artist. Maybe she was the right one for him says Deborah I was just going to uh, say like of course that's the person he would want he'd want to marry. That's right of So well, yeah, oh, but I think so that's so actually uh, so and that is a literal <laughs> I did uh, think it was sad. I was wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, but still, this is really cool to me, because this is from a production art cipher that didn't make the episode that's referencing something in Journal 3. How wild is the universe of this show? Oh, that's awesome, man. That's, that's very, very, very cool. Um, we also get some memories. Stan's bar mitzvah at the age of 12. His dad seemed pretty upset that he was wearing Groucho Marx glasses to the temple. <laughs> <laughs> second groucho marks marks reference in gravity falls terrific that's super funny dude i love it um he apparently celebrated his birthday alone by watching cash wheel in a gross hotel and eating unlucky leprechaun cereal out of a box and we find out that his birthday is june 15th wow yeah so i guess that makes him what uh what's a horoscope sign would that be whatever's before cancer <laughs> i uh, i'm not one for the horoscope so i'm not aware but it Tell us... I'm going to do is no Uncle comment Stan, on the horoscope stuff because I know a his lot of Drunkles, really I, like it. That's fine, yes, and we're going to keep it that way, especially in yeah. Gravity Falls. Grunkle um, yeah. Stan, uh, whatever astrological sign he is, tell us in the Discord if you think it fits him. Um, we also get Stan teaching a young Seuss how to box and lots of memories... Oh! Oh! Teaching a young Seuss how to box because his dad taught him to box or brought him to the lessons so he's like treating seuss as if he's his kid like seuss when he was younger oh that's actually really sweet oh my goodness that's a really good tidbit oh wow okay and then lots of memories of an empty swing set on the beach and dipper asks what's that all about whoa close I, that I wonder there. if there's, i don't know if there's more to that i'll bet there is but i don't know what it is Sure. Uh, so that's definitely the most important part of that journal three entry. There is something that Mabel wrote her own two pages. Um, because I guess after this encounter, they actually stayed the night at Seuss's grandma or her, uh, or his, um, Abuelita's. So Mabel says she couldn't sleep because of Abuelita's porcelain dolls. So she grabbed the journal to write about really? Zyler and Kraz. Ah, uh, which we and, don't uh, need to read. No, it's all it confirms is that they are from a VHS tape series from the late 80s from good enough entertainment that the creators invented for this world. So I am glad you said that. That is kind of cool. Cool. Okay, so I know we got off on that tangent, which I think was worthwhile, but points for the episode points for the episode who uh, to be be honest, I will say this, as much as I loved all kinds of characters in this episode, I love this episode for so many moments. This was a very easy choice for me. Oh, it took this me was no the, time to decide. This was the easiest points I've ever given on the show. You and I might have the same ones. Go ahead. I, I'm just going to say it for both of us. Bill Cipher gets two points because that villain intro is kick-ass as all heck. And Grunkle Stan gets one point because the, just the plot that sheerly explored in this episode through him is phenomenal. It takes place in its head. It, he's amazing. There's It's just incredible beginning to end for both of those characters. Yep. Those are my exact points as well. It's yep. not a question they are just so strong in this um and you have to give two for bill's interest yeah part of me did want to give the two to stan because i do think he was just incredible And i almost wanted to give three to bill you joking (laughs) (laughs) great uh i'm so glad that bill is in the series we've had to skirt around his name for so long oh Oh, is gosh we can finally talk about the the uh what's it called the illuminati man the illuminati (laughs) choice Now, Lucas, uh, my original idea walking into this episode about uh, Journal 4 was yeah. whether dreams include deeper psychic messages that have a deeper meaning aside from just a subconscious thing. Do you want to go that route or do you actually want to, like, double down on the vampire thing that I made a joke about early in the episode? Uh, dude, I have to talk about dreams. I I nobody That's good. I, if, if anybody ever gives me an opportunity to talk about trippy stuff in life, I'm taking it. So we're Tom taking it. Um, you're talking about subconscious stuff. I think that's even a silly thing to talk about. Subconscious stuff is obvious. You can find subconscious things in literally every single experience that you have in life. That's easy. The, the yeah, interesting not- question is the reality of dream places in of themselves. That is something that's way more interesting. Now, I mean, obviously, regular uh, neuroscience would tell you that there's no physical space going on in your dreams. Obviously, that makes sense. That would be the a microscope would probably have a hard time seeing that microscope can't really see what i'm seeing through uh scanning my brain very well right now um the thing is though when you have lucid dreams and you've had like as crazy complete memory dreams as i've had that the idea that this is just a random misfiring when you're sleeping of your like you know brain categorizing information it's just like literally not even possible it's not actually even possible I've experienced concrete realities. I have smelled things and tasted things in dreams. There's no way it is isn't a random assemblance of experience. I couldn't walk consciously through a random assembly of experiences. That doesn't make sense, does it? So I want to make sure that we're on the same page about what we're writing. This is going to be the idea that dreams go can beyond... have beyond... Reali- there, yes. there are yes. aspects of dream reality that extend beyond our own perception. Yes, that's exactly right. That's what we're rating. I'm going to say 10 out of 10, personally. Wow, that's I, I don't awesome. Even, I, I've, this is the thing, you guys. If you haven't had experiences like that, you should not believe me. Don't just believe things people say. I if I, Before I had experiences like this, and before I'd had a bunch of things happen, I would have never believed somebody saying this in a million years, and I encourage you not to believe me. Don't just believe things people say. But that yeah. said, I have had some... incredible experiences and dreams that have changed my life forever and like there are some things that have happened that I won't get too into that there is literally no way that there was not something real happening I would not believe you (laughs) safe to say like don't go out too far out of your way either to try to create a situation like that either I think that's probably (gasps) a decent good good luck advising people against that I'm let, just saying, I think that's a fair thing that I want to make sure to get out there. I just want to say, myself, don't, hurt, yeah. don't hurt yourselves and don't get into dark magic. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's good. So, um, and me personally, do research, do lots of research before making stupid, risky decisions. Lots of research, like yeah. tons, make sure you know how to do lots of research intelligently. Don't just, <laughs> don't just look at the first thing that shows up on Google. Okay, <laughs> please. So, I think dream science is one of the most fascinating things on the planet. I um, because there is a really, un- I think I heard, uh, somebody talking about this. I was do a lot of science podcasts because I'm in like the social science field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I heard from a dream scientist and he said the most interesting thing to him about dreams is that we understand how evolutionary a lot of things that we as humans can do work, uh, we evolutionary, sorry. We understand. We understand why we do things for evolutionary reasons. We can point to something, be like, the tree was tall, so we needed longer arms. Yes. This smell is advantageous for survival, so we developed this smell. That's the kind of stuff that you mean. Yes, but it is a big question mark as to why we could have evolved to have dreams. Yeah, and a, the running theory is that dreams perhaps exist to problem solve that we are able to recharge overnight and sort of put pieces together that can help us answer questions that are going to make it easier um, to manage life. And I think that's a really good, solid theory. But I also think I think it's a solid theory for the information that they're working with, which doesn't yes. include consciousness and spirituality outside of the realm of science that we know. So and I that's outside say, of what we know. So how could they conclude anything else? It is, it? and it it is out doing of we- their job. Good job, scientists not being philosophers. You're doing a good job being a scientist and not a philosopher. <laughs> yes, okay, but listen. And I think it's good that we look for answers to questions based on the grounds that we have at our disposal. And based on that information, I, you know... Um, Some people I have... Think well, I'm, I'm all, conclusion. I I'll stop. I'll listen, stop. listen, yeah. look, just let me, let me talk for a second. Because yeah. yeah. uh, I sort of fall a little bit with you on this side, and this is mere speculation. You know, like you said, don't take my word for anything. But the fact that it is such a mystery, truly, of what dreams are there for... Not every dream helps you problem solve. You know, we've had wild dreams, um, and it's so hard to infer different things. There's so much that dream science doesn't understand. That question, what could we use this for potentially evolutionarily, makes me feel like there's just so much to dreaming that we don't have all the answers to and we may not be able to get the answers to based on... um, current scientific practices and, and i feel like i'm myself i'm getting a little bit meso- metaphysical which i don't normally do but can i tell you are talking can i talk about one dream story that i had and I, i'm not i just want to say i'm not like joking or subtly alluding to any other things that i was doing this was i promise you a real dream that i had i was sleeping and this was a dream that i had you mind if Please i tell it me. i would love I'll... i would love that I, everybody this would was... love that this was a lucid dream that i had and if you don't believe a word of this i could not respect that anymore um so because i wouldn't again i i i take stuff that people say with a grain of salt in my personal worldview, so i like couldn't help but recommend people do the same so uh (laughs) so at the beginning of this dream i'm in a spaceship okay i'm hovering around the earth and the spaceship is broken Okay. I will say my dreams, especially after I like, are very clear. I really try to pay attention to detail, especially when I go lucid in dreams, which I did in this one. I'll get to that. So I'm in a spaceship and I'm with this like one girl and, um, the spaceship is broken and we're trying to fix it. And the context that I just kind of know implicitly, like this is, you know how you just Know things about yourself. You don't have to think it when you wake up in the day. You don't have to think about your backstory to remember who you are. It was like one mm-hmm. of those things. I just knew this about our situation because that was the life that I was living. Um, we were stuck in orbit around Earth or whatever planet we were around. Um, the thing didn't work. And we'd been on this ship our whole lives, actually. And um, there's actually like people in general like, in this ship. And we'd been trapped for a long time and needing to escape. Now I'm going to say later I interpreted this personally as like a huge metaphor for like a spiritual awakening. I'll just be totally honest. That's my woo woo interpretation. Definitely don't listen to that. Um, But um, what ended up happening was I I looked outside into a porthole and I saw space like, you know, stars and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, as if you were in space, like it looked like space from space, I imagine. Um, And when that happened, I went lucid for a second. I started going, Oh, this is a dream. Now, if anybody's kind of had like beginning lucid dream experiences, sometimes you have this feeling like you're about to wake up or like the second you go lucid, you'll just go oh, and you'll wake up and you're gone. And that's like the most lucid a lot of people get. Um, then that's happened to me a bunch of times too. That's super common. And I'd say even now, even though I've had experiences with lucid dreaming, that still happens to me if it happens now. Cause it's weird, you know, like realizing that you're in this, like, extremely metaphysical place and now you're able to move in it consciously is a very weird thing to happen if you're not even if you are experienced with it um yeah and uh so i had this moment and i started having that feeling but i kind of don't like it when i go lucid and then wake up immediately because i feel like i like wasted the experience so i kind of figured out like in high school there's a way that i could just stop being lucid and just keep playing out the narrative of the dream um I don't understand. I couldn't explain how to do it. It's just like a feeling, like flying in a dream. I couldn't tell you how to fly in a dream, but you can feel it. It just makes sense. There's like, it's like sort of a flow state. I mean, uh, people talk about that with meditation too, where um, you sort of just let yourself experience whatever is there and you hear whatever thoughts are there and you see whatever needs to be there.
1: Yeah, Um, actually. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's like turning. Yeah, exactly. It is kind of, actually, that's a great, I've never thought of it like that. It is kind of like meditating because all you're doing is trying to slow your own, um, conscious reflection of something and just be present and experience it. Yeah. That is what it's like, actually. Wow. Nice. (laughs) Is, um, is there more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, this, is, this okay. doesn't even okay. yeah. So I, I relax back into the dream and I, I let go of that feeling of waking up. um And the, as soon as I do that, the girl who's working on the ship walks up to me and she says, I did it. We turned it on. The ship works now. Now, like, I really genuinely in that moment felt the emotional gravity of this place I'd lived my whole life being on. Like, I cannot even explain to you the emotions that I had when I felt that. Like, it was, that was my reality. And I accepted that as my reality. So that was like such an incredible, like, I'm even feeling emotional just thinking about how I felt in the dream. Again, I dream hard. I get into this stuff. Um, So, so she says, where do we want to go? And I, you know, we'd never like thought about where we even could go. We were just like caught up on the ability of getting anywhere. And to me, this is, this is where like, this is where maybe the like spirituality thing comes in. Again, major quotes. We woo, 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 don't listen to me. I'm just some crazy kid on the internet. Um, but um, what happened was we, I looked out through the portal and we said, let's just go anywhere in any direction. Let's just move. We can finally move. We've finally awakened the vessel. We have finally made a mindful connection with this vessel. And it is now giving us the ability to, to consciously travel where we had never traveled before because of our awareness. That's the way that I'm kind of symbolically explaining it. Right. That's, that's what my symbolism was in my head Uh, after, uh, after reflection. That's not what I was thinking at the moment in the dream. Um, So we just go into light speed into any direction. And what happens next is the reason why I think that the idea that these things aren't real and of themselves to some degree, doesn't make sense to me. So, what happened was, as I'm watching the stars out of the p- porthole... So as soon as we hit light speed, it's kind of like what you'd see in Star Wars... Where, like, the the star, the light from the stars starts moving towards you in a streak. But it doesn't happen that fast. It happens, like, way, way, way slower. Like, like, just a little tiny light trail just inching across my vision very slowly. But the thing that was weird was that, like, all of these little dots started inching slowly... But when you think about it, and it makes sense that this happens in retrospect, all of the lights, even though they were moving slowly, because those streaks were getting longer and longer, what was happening is it was just filling my vision with white light completely. And then I realized that the sides of the porthole weren't there anymore and the ship wasn't there anymore. And then I looked down and my body wasn't there anymore. And then I looked up and up wasn't there anymore directions were gone. I don't know how to explain this. So I'm not going to try. Directions were gone. Time was gone and finite space was gone. I felt infinite and I felt pure love and like the most beautiful, peaceful connection with literally, it felt like my body was the universe. I was 100% just like exclusively loving like it was like pure loving energy and, and like, I can't, it's just, it was such a freaking emotionally heavy moment. I don't even know how to describe it. I can't even believe I'm honestly talking about this on a show. If if you weren't in front of me right now, there is no freaking way I'd be talking about this, to be honest. It's only because I'm comfortable telling you these experiences that anyone gets to hear this. So thank God for Alec being here. Um, but no, I, I'm serious. It was one of the most incredible moments of my entire life. And at some point I just open up my eyes and I'm in bed and like tears are in my eyes, like have been pouring down my face because apparently my biological body was experiencing so much beauty that I was crying. And when I woke up, I realized what was happening. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, That is just incredible. I, I (laughs) Feels kind of weird to talk about in a format like this. But thanks for listening. I'm it was the craziest shit I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> my stomach thanks. was spinning. Thanks, Lucas. I tummy. am my stomach. I, w- I realized that the tummy and the stomach are the same thing. Oh, I was my... gravity full. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you lucas's tummy for uh sharing your experience about it as well wow. oh my god dude this was a dinosaur of an episode are, are we, uh, are we this, is our... the, this is the longest podcast we've ever recorded um maybe one of i our... hope that i hope you so. all enjoyed it uh, i think <laughs> of, this is gonna go down in history like i will never forget this one we went through so many different things um don't believe what i just said everybody just, just it didn't just, happen it's not real it's just a dream, right? It was just a dream. It's just like the Pillowfort episode of Finn. If, of uh, Finn, you know, it's just a dream. Nothing happened. It wasn't real. Don't worry about it. If you are don't here right it. now, if you have made it through this two hour podcast, you've stuck through. You heard Lucas's dream. You're loving it. Please write us a five star review on iTunes. We could really <laughs> use the extra uh, assistance. Um, in fact, if you want to write it on Spotify too, I just learned that you can write them on Spotify. Uh, I feel like five star worthy. I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying it's an option. I'm just saying you have the ability to do it theoretically on whatever platform you listen to, and it might help other people find the podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Uh, it has videos that other rewatches of shows and movies. Um, you can find the Dragon Babies feed, too. We're on there. And Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. We are doing so much fun stuff on there right now. We're watching Dead End Paranormal Park, and we are going to have some very fun new cartoons that we're going to be covering soon, which we'll hear about more soon. Uh, description is going to have our social media stuff and the discord where you can chat about this podcast as well as any other type of animation. Thank you to Tessa Scarborough for our cover art, for the voice of the mysterious woman, Anna LaFleur. I want to say we'll see you all next week, but I think the Lucas almost looks like he had one more thing to say. Oh, I was, I was just going to say peace everyone. I was, no, I got, I got nothing. I I'm still just blown away that I said anything today. <laughs> Terrific. Isn't life crazy? Day. Have a great life, everybody. Happy sleep, folks.